watch it. Drink it in. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Big Six podcast. Today I'm joined by Ethan. Hello. DeMille. Yo. Joe. Hello. And Tay. Last but not least. <laughs> yeah, definitely not least. Um, we've got quite a lot to discuss today after that international football. Hope you guys enjoyed the Q&A we did beforehand. Give us your feedback as always. But yeah, um, we've got a lot of Premier League to talk about today. As always, the roundup of other leagues like the French League, German, of course, Spanish, and we'll give a bit of our predictions for the European games, which come up very shortly. Well, tonight, of the day we're recording this. So, what better way to get started than Man City? They've, I mean, I don't think we'll need to say too much about them because they're just phenomenal. They're so clear of everyone else in the league. Uh, I'm sure Dan would have loved to run about them a bit more than they've been able to but now nah, um they've of course got the title wrapped up i'm pretty sure everyone knows about that but um what, what do you guys think about the potential possibility of a quadruple never been achieved but what do you guys think they're in a final of a carabao premier league seems all them fa cup is possibility especially with liverpool as well I think it's the season for it. If they, you know, like I think it's the best opportunity they have. Like the teams are playing in the Champions League. Sorry, but like if they get past Dortmund, Lewandowski seems to be out. Like PSG have got their own problems. Liverpool speak for themselves, don't they? Real Madrid, tampered with injuries. So I think this is the season for them to do it. But you know, I can't speak on. I, I've got a feeling I've been wrong on ev- on almost everything about Tottenham this season, but. Mourinho could pull someone out the hat in the final, so I'm saying. No, he can't. Um, I, I reckon, he, I reckon um, they will definitely do the domestic treble. I, I pray to God that they don't win the Champions League. Um, it's a real possibility, though, because as, you, as Tay says, Bayern, um, Lewandowski is out and um, PSG have their own problems and they're, they're probably the most, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, most favourites other than City, so it's it's scary the the thought of City winning the quadruple, but um, it's a real possibility. Yeah, I'm, that's the one thing I'm holding on to than not winning the Champions League. I, I can't, I, I can't have that. But like you say, the Carabao. I mean, even I don't even want them to do the treble. We need them to lose one of the FA Cup or the Champions League. Like I think they'll get past Dortmund with quite ease. To be honest, I thought it'd be a competitive tie, but with Sancho out, as good as uh, Holland is, I'm not sure he can do it on his own really. But I mean, that might be a bit disrespectful to some of their other players. But I just can't really see them causing City too many problems. But I think I'm gonna say now. I think they will slip up just because it's such a hard like thing to do. So many games, it's gonna get to a point where they'll have a. FA Cup semi-final, then a League Cup final, then a Champions League semi-final. It's like so many games in such a short space mm. of time and to have to win every single one, it would be a hell of an achievement and as salty as I would be, I'd have to, you know, massive fair play if they do do it. But I think it might be a step too far. I could see him winning three. I don't know which one, three. I just hope the Champions League is I don't know. Like, win. One, one thing I would say as well, though, is they've been notorious to performing really well under pressure. So having a lot of important games in quick fire it won't be ideal for resting players but they have a lot of players they can rely on in any sort of game as it is so i don't really think that would be too much of an issue but it will you say you say say they perform well under pressure but yeah i know they've won a lot of trophies 
this might just sound really salty here, but a lot of the domestic trophies they've won, they've had quite favourable runs into the final. Like I think one year they beat Southampton or someone in the semi and then Watford in the final, for example. And it's shown they've lost, what, three Champions League quarterfinals in a row and they're the massive pressure games that they've I had. Think it's just, I think it's just the psychological effect of the Champions League which is causing that. It's just not managed to go right for them, you know, year in, year out. Um, so that will be their main main challenge this year. But I'm I'm more also directing at when they went what fourteen I think in a row winning, which is what they had to do to win the league. And yeah, they succeeded at that. Yeah. So, well, even though they're lower teams, it's you know still high pressure games. Well, I would say that um, they are they have a massive squad. So Ethan raises the point that they got so many they'll have so many games in such a quick space of time, but they're really the only team. In, in all competitions to have that that big of a squad and that big of a squad in terms of quality and depth as well. And so they can easily um, rotate players. I mean, they're starting centre-backs. Stones and Diaz, the port can easily come in. You know, Bernardo Silva can come in. Ferran Torres, uh, Mares, Sterling, Foden, you know, Aguero, Jesus, De Buena, Gundogan, Cancelo, Walker, you know, like it's... it's the, the squad is stacked, so I reckon that this year is, is definitely uh, the year that they could win all four um, trophies and that, you know, if it, it, the, the squad could be utilised massively and they have a real advantage. And in fact, that, that that's probably one of the reasons why they did go 14 games unbeaten. You know, when all the other teams were um, tired, um, they, they could... You know, rotate and they have a fresh, fresh squad ready to go. I do, um, I do think as well. They, I think they need about four, five wins. I think it's four wins to score the title. I mean, it's probably going to be even less than that because we'll drop some points along the way, I'm sure. But as soon as that is done, I suppose they're pretty much on the beach in the league. They can just play a weakened squad, you know, to make sure everyone is fresh. I'm sure they won't play like the kids, but you know what I mean. They'll mm. keep all their key players fresh when the important games are coming up, which I suppose will play to their advantage. Because I know a lot of teams recently have been going for records and stuff, but I don't actually think City can break any records. So um, that'll play to their advantage, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, as I say, Champions League will be their biggest stumbling hurdle. But if that, if they do, I don't know. I, I, I think they will, but it'll be very tough. But as I think Ethan, Ethan said earlier on, everything's kind of just falling into place for City as well with Lewandowski out, Verratti out. Um, their first leg, whether he's back if they did play City or not, is another matter. Obviously, Jaden Sancho's out for the first leg tonight. Uh, even Varane, if they did get to the final from Madrid. You know, coming back from COVID may take longer, but I guess that's more long term. But yeah, everything's really falling into place. But it's, it's an interesting one. I think there's not really much doubt over City's ability. It's just whether they can hack the Champions League has to be all and end all, really. But yeah, um, more onto the top four race now. Um, unfortunately, we'll talk about my team, uh, Arsenal. Didn't end in, just didn't end very well, to, to be honest. Um, I'll I'll just quickly say like one or two things because there's very little to say. It's quite obvious stuff, embarrassing performance. But I think it just highlights the squad quality we have. Um, when you get rid of certain players, no Xhaka, we can't control the game. No David Luiz, and we look more vulnerable defensively. Well, he's I, he's Gabriel's ideal partner, of course. 
no Tierney and we look a different team, no Saka and Smith-Rowe, the main ones. And you've got passengers or palm trees, whatever you want to call them, on the wings, like Aubameyang. So it's worrying stuff, like ball retention, but I thought I'd also just give credit to Liverpool as well, pass it on to Tay very shortly, but I thought they were brilliant. Um, I was really impressed with their transformation just by putting Fabinho in midfield and obviously Schotter's really clinical and on the form of life after scoring in the international break quite a few times, clutching for Portugal and clutching for Liverpool even before then and before his injury came out. So he seemed to be a really good signing for them and hitting Mane-like form when he first came to the club and could continue that. But yeah, I think just, I'll um... I yeah, just wanted to ask really before we move on to Liverpool, what do you think of like the tactical setup and stuff? Because I know you're like massively in on our tail, which is fair enough. But what did you think about the setup and that? Because it's proven in the past that you can compete in these sort of games. But I know you have players injured and stuff. But from the get go, I don't think there was really any intent from Arsenal to win that game. Like I'm not sure what they were really trying to achieve. Because if you sit back against Liverpool for that long, you're likely it is you're gonna let one in. What did you think of that sort of setup and stuff? Um. I thought the inevitable happened eventually. I thought 3-0 was even generous. Uh, I think Arteta got it, got it entirely wrong. I'm a big fan of his, but I'm not going to stay away from any criticism because he it after the game. Um, but I think it is also down to the point of certain players when they play in that system. They just, they, they're not good enough to play in the system, um, which is what it really all comes down to. And it kind of brought back form from pre-Christmas time when we were just entirely helpless. Um, and as I say, without those four or five key players, obviously that's a lot of players, but it just highlights the importance for depth and the players who suit Arteta. It's not always about having the best players, it's about having the players who will really suit Arteta. And as you could see, a lot of players didn't. But I thought I'll just say as well, um, on the topic of what you were saying about how we played, um, I thought we just continuously went long. Aubameyang made no effort to challenge anyone. Pepe made no effort to challenge anyone. Erdogan tried to make a few runs here and there, nothing really. Party was quite good even then. Ceballos, we had a 10 men on the pitch. Like It was quite a, it was an unbelievably frustrating watch. But I think Liverpool just, they looked back to their best in how they pressed. I think they've lacked the intensity at times. Like, I guess this is more early on in the season, but they've not looked as good as they have been in previous years. But I thought um, their pressing made us keep going long. Leonard didn't seem overly comfortable. We kept passing backwards, which eventually went to us launching it long, which was about as easy as anything for Nat Phillips and Kabak. It was still very good, but yeah, it's, it's just poor, really. We just didn't really do much, and Arteta's part to blame for that. The squad's also part to blame for that, but yeah, I, I see it more, more as a blip, though, not what some extremes go for, you know, because it's more... It's worrying, obviously, but it's all down to... The players, if they're out, if they're not fit, it's very worrying for Europa League this season, for example. But it just highlights once again how important each transfer window is for us and how badly we need to address quite a lot of issues in the club. But yeah, anyways, I've rambled on Arsenal for too long. I'll hand it over to Tay. Tay, what do you think, mate? Uh, the first half, I wasn't impressed at all. To be fair, uh, we we defended well when we had to defend, you know. There wasn't too much going on. But I've, I've said this time and time again, I think Fabinho is our most important player. Um, it put him in midfield. And I appreciate you didn't you didn't attack the game too much. You For some reason, you know, you just sort of you sat back and tried to soak up the pressure, which I understand. But if you did try to come forward, I, Fabinho, I, I thought he was man of the match, to be fair. I thought he was brilliant. Like, and he's just so important because 
he is literally an anchor in front of which is not a great defence. I mean, we've kept like four four away clean sheets in a row now, but, you know, having him in front of players like Nat Phillips and stuff, it gives me so much more, um, you know, confidence in these sort of games and also having the ability to spread, like open the game up with his passing as well. I think one of our biggest problems um, was actually moving him to centre-half. Don't get me wrong, he was brilliant there, but... He he, I think he's a one. In, you know, I think he's a one in a million player. To be honest, like he's he's so important. Um, but yeah, second half was good. The only worry I have really is I don't really want to be fooled. Until Yota came on the pitch, we we created nothing really, nothing of significance. I think we had one shot on target, which was a really weak Mane header. But I suppose I can't I can't dwell too much on one half when in the second half we were fantastic from start to finish. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with Arsenal, to, to be fair. As much as we can say it was a good Liverpool performance, you really, I appreciate the T&E injury early on, being without Xhaka. I know how important he is to the game. But as a Liverpool fan, if I, if if my club were to employ a player like Aubameyang, it's just half the time he just doesn't look interested. And that really annoys me about him because he's, I, I don't think he's the most talented player in the world. And I don't think anyone's ever said that. But there's, for me, there's just not enough work ethic there. I understand we need, you need an outlet pass and everything, but is, 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 he, the, is he the captain? He's, he is, isn't he? God help us, he is. Because now we're in a real corner where if yeah. we get rid of his captaincy, then it gets some big media attention. He may be unhappy. Yeah. And then if we drop him, then he's also unhappy because he's the captain, highest earner, probably has you know certain promises in his contract. Yeah. So our best bet is to sell him. Um, and that's who, who's going to pay... That much for a player with who just looked nothing like his previous self. Yeah, season, so. I, I, don't get me wrong. I still think he's a top player. Don't like one one of the better you know wingers in the Premier League. But it's just I'm, I'm I was really like disappointed. Like people people say what they want about Lacazette. Like yeah, he's 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 not fantastic. But every time I see him, he he does work his socks off for like for, for the badge. And I know I'm not an Arsenal yeah. fan, but that would really annoy me seeing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, it's big three points really as well because obviously we're actually trying to hunt down a Champions League spot now. I don't know why we've left it so late to actually switch on. But obviously um, Chelsea's slipping up as well. So, I mean, we I think to get top four, we do have to be flawless now. And this was a really, this was a really you know, big statement to make to Leicester and Chelsea. Um, Such a morale boost as well. Right? It, yeah, yeah especially. So successful at. Uh, yeah. Obviously, not not to say we gave it to you because you still performed unbelievably well, but um, I think a lot of teams in the league would have done us. But I think you capitalised on us really not looking at it. Of course, we, there's, there's been days like that right. where we've where we've played, you know, the likes of West Brom, Brighton, where we've just been so toothless and we haven't yeah. been able to do that. So obviously, Yota is massive in that, and I think he scored about three headers in a week, Joe. So I don't know if you've ever seen that Rob before. But... Another player? No. Another player. I, I, I don't remember him scoring too many headers for Wolves, but. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. Kind of playing foot champ. Crazy the form he's on, isn't it? I mean, he's changed Liverpool a lot in the time he's played and fair play to him. Glad I, it's I, saw, I saw a few of your tweets saying that. Um, even though you got a decent amount of money for him and everything, you didn't still expect him to be yeah, as, as yeah. productive as he is being. I didn't think it's like when we got forty-five million for a player who, in his last season, it wasn't all that good, and 
near yeah. to the end, he was literally getting dropped for Pedence and um, Neto and yeah. Heavy Adama at times. He wasn't even on the bench at times as well. So, Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, to the end, he really was just a nothing player for us as much as, you know. That. Yeah, and, and to get to get that amount of money for him. and then That's why I always say it's a good deal for both clubs. We got 45 million for a player who, you know, wasn't that good in the end. And uh, Liverpool yeah. have got a young, uh, one of the best forwards in in the league with the season, with the form he's been on this season so yeah I think that is I think that's massively what we were missing as well um last season and with Yota being injured I know we can't always rely on this this player to come off the bench and bail us out because that's not how it works but being able to bring on an actual direct player who's always you know Head up looking. He's not. He's not the best player. He's not the best, most creative player. But he knows where the back of the net is, and that's what I love about him. He doesn't. You know, he's nothing. There's nothing fancy about him. He's just. Yeah. He's got that such a killer instinct that we need, and which we've lacked for the past two years, and with Yota's injury. So, I mean, he's a finisher, and yeah. that's what you need. But yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, yeah. There's not really much else to say, is there? Just we're yeah. obviously on to the Champions League, but I don't know what's going to happen there. And another team uh, battling it out for the Champions League. But they took a hammering against the relegator team, which is going down in uh, West Brom. And yes, I'm saying that with enough <laughs> confidence because they're going to need some sort of miracle to stay up. And I always question like these sort of games. Why do you leave it so late to put performance like that? If you do that ten games ago, you give yourself belief you can stay up. At this point, it's not even about getting out the relegation zone. It's about catching up to teams like Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham. That it's not just you know getting to the 18th place or anything, you've got to get out of it comfortably out of it, and I think that's mission impossible for West Brom. Um, but anyways, enough on the actual relegation side of things. On the actual game, I thought they played phenomenally well. I don't know if you guys watched it. I presume oh, you did, but yeah, it was a, it was well, a brilliant red cards changed them in the game massively. Though I will admit that. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Chelsea didn't seem too comfortable before the red card, but the red card really did just seem to swing it massively. And then when when you can see two goals in the last, I mean, there's five minutes added on at the end of the half, I think, and I think they scored in the second minute and the fourth minute of added time. I think yeah. that you know it just kills the belief in the Chelsea team, and it actually seemed hard for Chelsea to come back in the second half after. After what happened, but credit to West Brom as much. Do you as... think? Um, do you think that's a blip or an actual cause for concern for Chelsea? Because it's the first time they've lost under Tuchel, and obviously they had the red card. So, do you think it's just a bit of a blip? Mm. Is actually a cause. I, for I, th- I think it is. I, I think time will so. tell. Really, like I think you know the fact they've been thirteen unbeaten, but they've also taken a few draws, like that Leeds game. Obviously, Wolves in their first game in charge. So it will be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. Well, it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a lazy comparison, but obviously... I can't remember. It's a bit of a lazy comparison, but obviously you could compare it to Oli when he first came in. As soon as we lost the first game against Arsenal, it all just fell apart. But I mean, I don't know if that'll be any similar effect, but obviously it's been seen before that when you've been on such a good run, you have one bad result, sometimes they can pile up. But obviously they've got a massive game to bounce back on it this week against Porto, so it's interesting to see. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I thought also I'd just give quick credit before we won't spend too much time on this topic. I think West Brom are a finished side, obviously, in terms of league position and 
Chelsea themselves, um, you know, they're, they're still a favourite, for, or not a favourite, but I say, considering Liverpool's resurgence and West Ham, we'll talk about very briefly in a bit. But they're still a team which is right up there for the top four contentions. But I thought I was really, really impressed with how West Brom played, particularly for Mateus Pereira, Callum Robinson, who loves his goals against Chelsea. I think all five goals are coming against Chelsea now, which is rather hilarious. West Brom taking four points out of six out of Chelsea. Also rather hilarious. Could have, should have been six as well. But yeah, um, worrying stuff for Chelsea. But I think it's nothing too dramatic right now. I think only time will tell whether that was a blip, what it will do to their confidence, how can they retaliate against Porto on Wednesday. be very interesting to see. But um, yeah, we'll go on to another team, which is, I think, fifth in the league right now. They're somewhat in that situation. You've got Spurs. West Pardon? Nothing. Uh, West Ham, we'll, we'll talk about very shortly. But um, Newcastle, Spurs, that was... Spurs are even lucky to get a point when you look at that game. Um, Judge, off, off it, looking at... looking at, I didn't watch the game, but looking at um, expected goals from that game, it didn't look good um, for Mourinho whatsoever. Oh. And I know, I know you can only judge so much of expected goals, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, to... to, to I think that's the first time a Steve Broussard um, has ever had, you know, over two expected goals. And I, I, again, you can't blame, you can't put it all on expected goals. But I, I didn't watch the game. I was at work. I saw the goals. So I don't know what went wrong for them, to be honest, or if what went wrong for Newcastle. If you think of any Spurs performance where they took the lead, didn't capitalise, sat on it and conceded, that's pretty much it. That's it, is it? I think yeah. yes and no, though. But I, I think that was one of their worst performances. Because whenever they... I think United will be in for a field day if Spurs play how they have been recently, um, just on a quick thing because they play them next. I think Spurs, any sort of pressure to their defence and they look a different team, they get they can't play out from the back. They make needless mistakes. I think for the first goal they scored Newcastle, they gave the ball away in a stupid area and then Joe Linton gets another goal against Spurs, loves his goals against Spurs. But yeah, I thought Newcastle were at least very good value for their point and... At least, obviously, Joe Willock, uh, Arsenal loney, love to see that getting the equaliser. Couldn't write that. Um, but I, I never really felt Spurs were good in the game. Like, I thought they were completely all at it. They to be fair, they had. They, they should have won. Like they should have um, like extended their, their leads. Um, it, it is the same same old story, but it's different because they had chances to finish off the game. Um, like they didn't completely sit back on the second half. Um, they had like. I remember Kane had two chances to score uh, his hat trick. I remember I think was it Lamelo or Lucas Moura had a chance as well. Just, and then I think like straight like quickly after Newcastle equalised or yeah, got back into it. Yeah, I think Harry Kane hit the post and then on the counter attack yeah, they went up and scored, which was yeah. a lovely goal as well from Newcastle. But it's just really poor stuff. And I think Spurs had four shots up until like the 60th minute or something, which is more than embarrassing and it brings me back to when we drew 2-2 with Watford under Emery and conceded like 30 shots like it's really bad stuff for Spurs um, but they're still right up well, there because when you have players like Harry Kane and so on they're right up there really we'll talk about the relegation battle in a little bit but that was a massive performance for Newcastle like, I know they didn't get the three points but with other results going their way it was a good point for them in the end and I think when you're down there or you know whatever you're going for in, uh, performance is as important as the result, because it just bodes well for the games to come. And like if they'd have just like the Liverpool game where they played well, but they sort of sat back, rode their luck, got a point. But 
against Spurs, they were massive, you know, like you said, full value for that point, and they could have even got all three. So, very good performance from them, to be fair. And I'm surprised nobody used the term that was going around before the game. What um, did you see the uh, article? Current, what was the yeah, current voice called? El Jurassico. El Jurassico. Yeah. That's it. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was quite a funny headline. Um, Spurs, as I say, they'll still be right up there in the mix of things when you have someone like Harry Kane who can single-handedly win your games so he nearly even did against Newcastle with that second goal, it's a brilliant strike and, you know, it's not even surprising for Harry Kane anymore, but anyways um, we go through to uh, well, Can I quickly um, ask a question, did you um, did you guys um, catch the interview after like Mourinho's <clears throat> post-match interview? I heard one yeah. quote, that's it I that's, didn't yeah, that, yeah, that was a quote I was same coach, different players. When asked about um, holding, holding on to leads um, in games, the, the interviewer, I don't know who it was, but they, they asked Mourinho a question, um, um, or something along the lines where, like, she's, I think it was she, I think, like, she's asking Mourinho, how come it's, you know, you, you're so used to holding on to leads, uh, you know, previously, how come? It's just been a recurring pattern there where you slipped onto um, leads and you gave up points. And Mourinho, um, as, as Mourinho does, he, you know, he um, he says his, he says his, his himself, and he says it's the same same coach but different players. And at that, he that just loves surprise. boosting. He loves boosting morales in the dressing room. You can just tell. He loves absolutely just. What have, what what have Leeds got to do with Tottenham? What? No, what? Leeds uh, in a game. Are you joking. lost? I'm joking. I'm I was going to say, unbelievable. <laughs> right, anyway. We that on. didn't go down too well. <laughs> All right, that's... Uh... <laughs> we go again next week. <laughs> well, that's your joke of the week, if you want to consider it a joke of the week. The but... stinker of the week is out of the way. I think that's actually worse on my part for falling for it. Yeah, true. Yeah, you got all worked up about it. But anyway, <laughs> off topic. Um, you got Wolves, uh, Joe's team, I'll pass him very shortly. They play West Ham. Um, West Ham nearly deja vu from a few weeks ago when they drew 3 3 to us. Um, you know, going 3 0 up with Messi Lingard, as people like to say. I think it's quite an appropriate that. term for how he's playing. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong, but still, um, still an appropriate term for how he's playing right now. Um, Antonio went off injury, which is concerned. Declan Rice is out for a while, but anyways, I'll pass over to Joe to give his perspective on the game. What do you think, Joe? Um, first half is just, I mean, the word embarrassing doesn't even do it justice. It was shocking. The the defending, you know, you can't tell if it's Premier League or non-league. Um, Honestly, I think I could get some better Sunday league defending up. If I Honestly, it's. I mean, for the first goal, there's about seven players around Lingard, and not one of them thought to just bring him down, tear the yellow card. So that was one one. The second one was some some, some magic from uh, Lingard, and then the third keeper should have done better, I think. But oh, the second half, I was happy with. I mean, the, the, it, we made it three one in the first and. That maybe gave us belief to come back, but the second goal was nice. I was happy with Fabio, Fabio Silva. But... Neto ball, by the way. I've, I've got yeah. to get my weekly appreciation to Pedro Neto, who had a bit of a few bad moments uh, yesterday, missing a great chance, but that pass was brilliant. Sorry, I have to you know, chuck in my weekly Pedro Neto propaganda. Yeah, it's a shame because we didn't really seem to do much after we got the second. I mean... You would think the West Ham players were going to be really, you know, nervous when we made it free to, you know, 
by Jarvis and all that. And, you know, you would have thought we would have properly gone for it. But I don't recall us actually doing that much after 3-2, which was a massive shame. But I was disappointed as well because they sat back as well, um, which I thought was stupid in itself. You go 3-0 up, you don't need to sit back how they did. But teams never seem to learn. And, yeah, it was... Nearly a, I mean, it was an unbelievable game after Gary Neville said it was going to be a hard watch. So, yeah, that, that <laughs> well, um, pretty well. Obviously, on, on subject of top four, what do we think of West Ham? I mean, um, I don't think the way they're playing is sustainable for a long period of time, but obviously, the re- rest of the season isn't a long period of time, really. You've only got they've, like eight games left, but I, I, obviously, the injuries that they've picked up now are going to be a bit of a concern. They've, ju- they've just lost two of the most, like in their top five most influential players, Rice being one and Antonio being like three or four, and they don't actually have a backup striker. I mean, like out and out striker. So, I think unfortunately, this does affect them massively. I guess uh, Bowen came on and. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's again like how what Ethan just said about sustainability. How lot, you know, like who realistically, who, the options on the bench. They've got Bowen and Ben Rama like to come on up front and like a few young players. And I don't know if they've got any tough games coming up. They got they got Leicester. They've got Leicester and Chelsea in the next in the next three. So yeah, to be fair, the rest of them after that they're actually they're actually decent games. So yeah. got Leicester, think... Newcastle, Chelsea, Burnley, Everton will be tough. Brighton, West Brom, and Southampton. So. If they I get past Leicester and Chelsea, like if they get seven points, say the next three, um, Chelsea, Leicester, yeah. Newcastle, then you'd have to say like they're in a decent chance. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Like if they beat Leicester, then they're only one point behind Leicester, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's, Leicester, it's a tough one, really, because they're quietly it, trying to bottle again. They do. They they do this every year. This is why I never buy into them. Um, they're always top near Christmas, and then they just—they uh, have had injuries, Madison and stuff. Vardy's not been great. I, I understand that, but Ian uh, is maybe the reason why they will get top four in the end because he's maybe, really popped. I don't know whether they will. I think the race, obviously, the race for top four now, in my opinion, it comes down to Chelsea, who I think will finish third. Um, and the the last spot is between Leicester, West Ham, and Liverpool for me. I still think Liverpool do have a shout. But it all depends on how Leicester finish their season. I personally, um, I personally think Leicester will get it. To be fair, yeah, yeah, they they could. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. Depends how we I play. Think it, Leicester but will. I, think I completely wrote off Liverpool. I think, but I think I Le- really see them. I think Leicester have the hardest um, last what six fixtures? Is it? How many, how many fixtures are left? I couldn't even tell you. There's Just quick, seven. There's seven. Yeah. Just to wrap up on West Ham before we move on, um, I think. Obviously, even if they got Europa League, that's still a massively successful season for them. Yeah, but oh, of course. This might yeah. be a hot take, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even get top half next season. So they really need to grasp Leicester. this opportunity and get no West Ham. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, they really need to grasp <laughs> this opportunity and get into Europe because next yeah, year I, I don't think they've got any chance. Especially if they lose Rice in the summer as well. Yeah, with though, other teams getting better. If they, get, if they do get Champions League, let's say, right? This is obviously best case scenario for them. Does Declan Rice stay even with other offers? I think he could stay regardless. It just depends whether... Because they're, they're, they don't really need to sell him. They're in a good financial position. So for, it's just whether they get the right offer. For, for me, though, West Ham, need to, West Ham need to make some signings this summer. But they, they they need to stop making West Ham signings, if that makes sense. For example, they, they signed a, they signed a young like defender, Troy 21, who could come into the frame next year. Because Craig Dawson, their best defender, he's only on loan, isn't he? Well, the best centre half this season. I feel like that's that's a deal they could get done. Yeah, 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 definitely is. Yeah, but their, yeah. their recruitment over recent times though has been much better. So if they go along with that, then they'll definitely have a better future. Carry on signing like 
dodgy foreigners who no one's heard of. Like, like <laughs> I saw someone say yesterday that 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 Kufal must have been born on the lab because there's no way he's 28 and he's been this good and just no one's ever recruited him. Like, yeah. I don't that know. Is, I, that's a good point. To be fair, I, I don't think even with Socek as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I think isn't that just good recruitment though? Yeah, of course it. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's good recruitment. That's what I'm saying. If they can sustain this, you know, under the market, I don't like not like black market, but you know, like no one really signs players from like these like types of divisions, not in our our league anyway. And two of West Ham's top five players happen to come from it Slavia Prague. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it just I, I think. I, I, they, they do have an aging squad that does concern me though. Antonio's had two injuries this season, and he's now thirty, if not pushing thirty. Uh, obviously, Mark Noble. You don't know if he's got the legs if um, if uh, Declan Rice leaves. I know Fabianski's a goalkeeper, but he's he, he'll be thirty six next season. Cresswell, who's been so so influential, is thirty one. And I know I know you don't fall off at thirty one, but the squad the squad I think has to be deeper if they do want to go in Europe next season. And How I think many years has Mark Noble got left in him. Oh, yeah. he's, he's leaving after he's, that he's, season. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, that's that's another thing. But yeah, anyways, um, I thought also, Joe, we haven't heard your proper thoughts on Wolves um, for a while, like the actual situation going on now. Obviously, that four of the back worked out disastrously. What's your take on Nuno? What, what do you think, mate? What's what's your opinions on Wolves, really? Um, with the formation side of it, I think um, the four-two-three-one it suits us going forward. I think we had. Like double their shots. I think we actually surprisingly dominated the game in possession. Um, four two three one. It works okay if you have the you know the defenders in the four who you know are actually good enough. I hate to admit I don't think Cody's is good enough. Samedo, you never know what you're going to get. One week is brilliant, one the next is awful. Um, Says hate to say, it, but he ain't good enough. Yeah, so investment is massively needed. In the defence in the summer, whether we stay up or not. Especially um, with um, think... Johnny out as well again now, isn't he? For an extended yeah. period That's of time. So. I can't believe what's happened. It's like yeah, you get the two worst injuries, well, the, the same injury twice in less than a year on the same knee as well. Like Yeah. It's, it's actually quite a common thing, though. It's happened with, um, I hate to keep mentioning it, but it happened with Bradley Dak as well. It's such a common thing, like in football, yeah. to like come back, like for like, literally two weeks, was he back in training? Like, yeah. like proper training? It's like, a massive it's, it's a massive shame for him, especially he's such an underrated player. But I was, um, as well, isn't he? Yeah. Was, That's really was, tough because obviously Alba's um, brilliant for them, but if they want to go for a different option, someone like Johnny could really get in that team. I mean, John is one of our like, most. Key, key players. I, like, think, he's your, I think he's your most consistent defender. He is by far. He's I think he's your most consistent player, player along with yeah. like two or three others. Do you think? Um, do you think then with the four at the back, it's like it's the best going forward? But obviously, it just needs recruitment. I think honestly to see the the you know I mean because I'm still worried about us going down. I mean the the running favours us, but if Fulham beat us uh, on Friday, it's a six point gap with like six games to go. So. Yeah. It's a lot closer um, than you think. Well, I wouldn't be against us sticking with five just to see this season out because I think yeah, that makes us, sense. Yeah, to, to grind out the points, I would rather us just be a bit boring for the last seven games and just get the points and don't have any worries come the final day when we play Man United. Um, so, just, just, this is not like Sorry, before, before we finish on Wolves, um, regardless of whether you stay up this season, which I think you will, I've been saying that all season and it's getting closer and closer, but do you think even if you do stay up, 
Um, do you think you should you should move on from Nuno in the summer? Yeah, I do because I, I I've seen a few Wolves fans say how who who aren't exactly Nuno's biggest fans anymore. How okay, fair enough. You know, we'll see this season now and yeah, and stay up. But I think I mean I tweeted after the game last night saying hopefully stay up this season, but going into the next one we need a whole new better club from half of the players in in the squad and including Nuno as well. So yeah. I'd like to see yeah, I agree with that. I just thought before we move on as well, I just want to quickly give a shout out to Adama Torre if he's listening. Um, his assist last night was unbelievably good. If he's um, listening, <laughs> yeah, well, why, why you bad for Adama, though? Because I mean, oh, people I go on about his stats all the time. Yeah, I think he's one of the best players in the league for chances created. I mean, the amount of times he he should have like his assists. I know he only got one, but he should have so many more. Like. The chances we've missed this season coming from Adama, uh, chances created, I do feel like he gets too much hate at times, to be honest. I think he's brilliant. I, 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 think, I agree. I think someone like Diogo Jota proves that if he went to a bigger club, his numbers would really inflate. And same for someone like Pedro Neto. And yeah, anyway, um, on to kind of what we've been talking about, anyways, but the relegation battle. How many games left? Like seven, eight games I think left? Eight. Or, or I think, I think um, Fulham has seven, and then Newcastle have right, eight. Right, so we've got seven or eight. You've got Brighton, who looked to be pulling out the bag and got unlucky against United uh, and narrowly lost, but we wouldn't have expected them to. I think they've got a tough run of games coming up, so they'll be, they, they've done well to get these last few wins to ensure that even they can afford to lose to a few of the top of the, the better teams. I know they play us uh, last day of the season, which could be quite interesting, but then you've got Fulham, who... I know most people like and really like Scott Barker's way of things, but whether they stay up, it's still possible they go down. You've got Newcastle, are probably favourites to go down along with Fulham, like one or the other. Um, that performance is confusing after watching them for the past however long. Not like I'm an avid watcher of them, but whenever I see them, which is quite a lot whenever they're on, I'm just thinking like they just don't look a team which has any sort of hope of survival, like when they lost 3-0 to Brighton or a rival there. In, and in my opinion, I presume you guys would agree with this. I think West Brom and Sheffield United, well, I mean, definitely Sheffield United are just dead me already. Like, saving performances like that too late in the season is just... Yeah. Just no but uh, how is... is Sheffield United isn't confirmed yet, though, is it? He, they can still... No. It's mathematically possible to escape, but to I think they'd have to win about... Wait, what, they have to win, sorry? I think, well, Sheffield United would have to win probably nearly every game. And then West Brom, I think Sam Allardyce said they would have to win six of the last nine. And then they started that well with Chelsea. So they'll have to win like five of the last eight to stay off West Brom, I think. If, they, if West Brom stay out, that would be a great miracle, honestly. If West Brom or Sheffield United stay out, then... Yeah, but if West Brom or Sheffield United stay up, I'm putting them in that category because I think they're both mission no, impossible. No, no. Sheffield United oh, is mission impossible. That's, that's not happening. They deserve ridiculous credit. Because even for how bad they've been the rest of the season, but I'm, I'm not really mentioning it much because I can't see any way possible that they don't go down. But yeah, anyways, those three teams really got it all to play for. You threw Wolves in the mix, especially if you do lose to Fulham, which could be make or break. But I think if you do beat Fulham, that will more or less confirm. If you beat good. Fulham, well, I think we're fine. But I, I run into his favourites. I mean, in our last eight games, we've got Fulham, Brighton, Sheffield United, West Brom. And one of the winnable game that I might be missing, but Burnley, mate, just got it up now. Yeah. Burnley, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that does favour that does favour you massively, actually, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it, it, our running saves us, but then again, if we do lose to Fulham, you know, yeah, playing the players' mind against Sheffield United at home, it should be an easy three points. But if we lose to Fulham, I don't think it'll be that easy, to be honest. We'll have to wait. You make no. things hard for yourself and apply pressure on yourselves, which you don't need to. West Brom are only West Brom are only twelve to one to stay up this season, but three six five. So I'll be putting a few quid on that. Sticking with your gun. I think that's about it. For, I've got to think uh, someone's think now. What what do we think then? Who's gonna go down? I, I still oh, I yeah, much yeah, pains me to say I do okay. think Fulham are gonna go down. I just uh, yeah. I'm sticking with Newcastle already with the game. There. I don't know, I just I feel like we've been saying they're gonna pull out for a while and time is running out. It will be, be whoever's in the relegation zone now. As much as I don't want West Brom to go down, like it will be the bottom three: uh, Sheffield United, West Brom, and Fulham. I think. I really hope Fulham can do it, um, but I, I feel like the loss um, to Aston Villa it really killed the momentum. Yeah. One nil up, and they just completely let it slide after yeah. getting. Was it like twelve minutes ago? And then they conceded. Yeah, tw- tw- twelve minutes. They conceded three in the last. Well, you yeah. know. They can yeah, they can see three into uh, nine minutes. Yeah. Well, so um, Demille, who who are you saying go down than Fulham? That's the third team. Yeah, unfortunately, I I think Fulham. Although, like, if it's ah, uh, yeah, Fulham, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it will be Fulham. I think that point for Newcastle was massive, and I think like like Joe was talking about, I think they're literally just gonna try and see out every game as boring as possible now. Um. Unfortunately, I do think it will be Fulham. That, like, the last team to go down. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Do, uh, do, do Newcastle have? Do they have any tough games? Um, they've they've still, I know. I know. They've, I know they've, still, got they've still got Liverpool to play. They've got. They've got. Then, well, the next next five they have Burnley, West West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester. That's that's. I tricky. mean, they yeah. have they have got yeah. like Burnley and then last two games of the season are Sheffield United and Fulham. So, I mean, if they get if they, they win all break. three of them, it doesn't matter about anything else. That'd be I'm, enough. I'm riding on that Fulham game on the, uh, the last game of the season. Funny how it all turned out like that. Relegation the last season, I think West Ham played. I can't remember who it was, but it was a Villa. big relegation. Yeah, West Ham Villa. It all turned oh, but- out. I want some proper old school Sunderland Palace Newcastle last game. Of oh, the yeah, same. Yeah. Big up to uh, Sunderland as well. Um, <laughs> one of my mates is a Sunderland fan, but yeah, they're they're in League One. They drew one one to Peterborough yesterday, so I thought I'd bring that up because that'd be pretty big for um, the League One promotion race. Well, you got a whole Peterborough and Sunderland in the top three, so you know quite quite important uh very, very close so you know that's a, another one to keep your eyes peeled for but anything that's now left <laughs> i do um I, I do think they're back on topic like fulham they've won five games all season and the bottom line is that's not good enough yeah. i just don't think they're gonna yeah. have enough unfortunately i think scott parker will move on though i think he does deserve a shot at a better think, club anyone know who their last win was um, Liverpool probably. Liverpool, yeah. yeah, I was about at, to say Liverpool at Anfield. So, Love that. Um, Joe, what do you think? Um, I actually think it will still be Newcastle with West Love Brom. That. Love that. Get I, rid of it. I just can't see Newcastle. Like, I mean, I know they got a good point yesterday, but or was it yesterday? No, sorry, it's today. Um, I, feel, I don't know. Follow him. I feel I can see them getting points. To be fair, I don't see Newcastle getting enough, really. I feel like the fact that Newcastle have a game in hand as well with Fulham, whilst being three points clear, I feel like like they have something to hold on to um, whilst Fulham are chasing. 
And I, I just thought it all favour Newcastle would be fair. The thing is, I think if Fulham, uh, last, lastly on this, I think if Fulham go down, like, I think they can firm it. I think they can, if they keep some of their best players, they can come back up. I think if Newcastle go down, it's going to be calamitous for them because they're going to, like, they're still yeah. trying to sell as well. Like, it's going to be. They've got some good players as well. They shouldn't be where they are, but I, I, I think I'm still going to stick with Newcastle going down, but maybe their experience will carry them out. But, anyways, that's, I think, enough for Premier League. Um, We'll go straight to France just very quickly to say that's a really tight title race we've been discussing for the past few weeks. Um, we've got PSG who look like they, you know, maybe accelerating after beating Lyon. I think it was 4 2, but they've gone on to lose to Lille. Um, so Lille have got their lead back up at the top, and Lyon have also dropped points, which is huge. And Monaco are still in and around. So with what, like six games to play or however many it is? I'm how, entirely sure. How, um, with, with, this is my problem with Neymar, and you're probably not going to like this, but how, do you know he's got the most red cards in League One since like 2017? Number one, he's a forward. Number two, why, why in a game like this? Do you know what I mean? Why, I, I understand it's tense and, you know, like, but I don't understand how as a player, supposedly, you know, this big and it's not, not taking away his footballing ability, second to none, but uh, this is why for me, he's, he's never going to be in the bracket of best player in the world for literally things like this. I think that's. Do you think he's a bit of a liability. Yeah, I do. I think I also think he's a tactical liability, but that's that's a story for another day. But I, I, the amount of times he gets into trouble, like he doesn't track back. Talking about tactically, he, he's a tran- He's a tra- if you're playing against a tra- team that um, progresses in transition, like Man United, he's a, he's a tactical dream for the other team as well. This is what I don't like about him. Like I say, all the ability in the world, but I I don't think he can get his head around the fact that. It is that he has to, you know, do the dirty work as well, and getting sent off in a title race like that is, I think it's something. Bad. I think it's where's it going to go then? It's so tight still with seven games to go. I, st- I still think PSG can win it. Have we got more like big games left? I, I don't know about PSG winning it even then. I still think Lille will. Lille have got Leon still. I know that. Yeah, right, yeah. that that would be huge. P- PS- that a few weeks P- PSG's games are easy. They've got they've got Strasbourg, Saint Etienne, Metz, uh, Lens, Rene, Reigns, and Brest. They've got no one in the top what five, six. Oh, they've got Lens at fifth. Sorry, it's but, just it's uh, just one of those. Obviously, the other teams aren't out of it, but it's just one of them. Like Lille will probably have to win every game. But then again, we keep saying this, and PSG keep slipping up. So I mean, PSG have lost eight games this season. Lille's no. lost three. It's so. a to- the Tottenham DNA. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, that's a good point. Lille rarely lose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Three. They're really solid. Uh, obviously, with Botman, a bunch of people are <clears throat> very fond of. But, I, th- I, yeah. think F- I think Font is actually massive to that. I know Botman gets a lot of credit, well, but yeah. I-, I think Font is the, he is the He's driving force behind. What's he, like 36, 35? Yeah, I think he's, he's, still... th- he's 37. Um, 37 he's still pulling his weight to this extent fair play but yeah anyways um we'll be reporting more very briefly over the league in these coming weeks to see who can uh, be crowned champions at the end be very interesting but very quickly um same for germany um bayern they won again shock beat beat leipzig they're basically their rivals so that's a huge win (laughs) frankfurt well, that um, probably puts the final nail in the coffin this yeah. season, I'd say. Like if Leipzig would have won that, they, it was a real six pointer, it'd have been down to a point, but yeah. Seven points, yeah. 
Leipzig, 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 they frustrate me though. Leipzig, I don't know how often you guys watch them, but every time they're in a seem to be in a big game, they just, I don't know if it's Nagelsmann or but they just you know, they're just so disappointing. Like they were so awful again. It's like they don't even try half the time against the team against the Bayern team, which really sort of was there to be had, you know. But I don't yeah. know. They they they. they Disappointing. Yeah. Um, then we've also got Frankfurt, who they're brilliantly beating Dortmund, who have got City next. We'll speak about very briefly, very soon. Um, so Dortmund are in trouble, missing out on top four European place in general. Special players like Erling Haaland will be unbelievably hard to keep, even with his ridiculous pricing of what 200, 300 million with all the agent fees, father fees, etc. Yeah. Um, and obviously Jaden Sancho has been. All around, um, he's been on the transfer list of many clubs around Europe, particularly uh, Man United, who seem in pole position to sign him yet again. Um, but, Ethan, Ethan, yeah. as, a, as a United fan, them missing out on the Champions League, are you sort of there like licking your lips at that? It's like, well, I, uh, yeah, I mean, especially with Holland, I, I, I don't think either of them are going to want to play in the Europa League. It's such an important part in their career. Yeah. I feel like with Holland, if they were to get in the top four, I feel like I could see him staying just because of the astronomical fees. But of course. they're going to have to lower yeah. the asking price because he's going to want to go if they don't get top it's four. Right like I'd imagine that's the same do with Sancho. Do you think both of them will go then? If they don't get Champions League, I could probably see it. So I think last year Sancho was so close. Like it'll be funny if United had paid up the money. I know they were asking for a lot, but if United had paid the money, he would have been on the next on the next flight. Like I think he wants to play in England. Like he's got. I think, I think all his mates thing, are in England. I think yeah, all his mates are in England. Sancho, I'm sure, will uh, end up coming to England sooner or later. But yeah, I, agree I think that. for Holland, uh, another thing to factor in is not many clubs want to be dealing with Raiola anymore. Yeah, I know Pep yeah. has quite a big grudge against him. It's not really. It's Club not as easy as. It's not as easy as wanting to get you know one of the most decorated youngsters in world football. Yeah, it's about debating or debating and negotiating with. One of the most hardball agents, the one who gets ridiculous fees for anyone involved. He's yeah. ridiculously good for all clients. He's he's so good, isn't he, as an agent? Like you have to... I despise the bloke. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, yeah. Pogba, you know? I despise him hundred percent. But it's, I do. Um, guy. You have to you have to give credit to him. I hate him, but you have to. Give him. I did. It brings on the question that you said. You guys say you hate him, and I know as United fans you will. But there was a question going around about four years ago in football whether these super agents like him and Jorge Mendes were actually should actually be allowed in the game. And I like in these in these certain circumstances, it does annoy me how the second these like these players look like they can be turned a profit on. And I know it's all about money. I understand that it's their job, but the fact they're pricing like. They're pricing no a lot of clubs out. Like, yeah, like, the thing is, the thing is, is, like, it, it also comes down to reputation. Like, Jorge Mendes actually has a good reputation. Yeah, that's like, true. He, well, very be- like, better than Raiola, anyway. Yeah. You wouldn't like, mind doing business with Jorge Mendes, but I think Raiola, you know, even Gravenberch, someone like that, is unlikely to get moved to a big club for a long while because of um, having Raiola as an agent. Teams are even unlikely to want to do business with Pogba at United because of, um, you know, Raiola as an agent. Well, even, even if he just, goes on a free next summer which is quite likely it's still going to be a hard deal to do because of him yeah, yeah but, um, on on so the subject of Holland, just finally before we move on to La Liga I think 
it's come out in the last couple of days that City, I know Pep's sort of doing his mind games and that, but sort of backs up what I said in the last part, that he might not actually go to City. It seems like destiny, but it's such an expensive deal for a club that... People, people don't seem to understand two things. First thing, City aren't a team which spend mammoth amounts on one player at once. They'll spend it very, I guess, like 50 on one player, 50 on another, 60 on this, 40 on this, etc. Um, and just... In general, City, when they said they won't sign a striker, that's I'm sure they'd like a striker. But there's also a whole thing of, you've got to think about how little there is in the market nowadays. For striker position, do you take the gamble on someone like Danny Ings, who's you know, injury-prone? Um, well, has been recently, at least, or this season. He's been injured quite a bit. Um, or do you spend ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous money on all in Broad Holland or Mbappe? Um which could scupper other plans, would completely ruin the wage structure at the club and everything like that? Or do you just hold off? I think there are strikers available um, in the market. Uh, there's, there's more anyway. It's not that easy. Summer. You know? No, it's not easy I, I at think, all. I think there's actually a lot of value for money. People are talking Mbappe, people are talking Haaland, Lukaku, Latore Martinez, but I think that there is a good value for money. There are good value for money strikers out there. Even no I know, I know, Wolfs- I know Wolfsburg will be reluctant to sell, but even like a Ve- even like a Vegas, yeah, like he'd be perfect for a Man City team. You can link up the ball. He's a big man. Patson probably... Daka maybe. Yeah, it's... yeah, like oh, yeah, I, right, it's just such a weekend, which is brilliant. I, I think, Edwards, I think, I think all these, all these, all these big, all these big names are being thrown about. Like I said, but I, again, I think. Teams that do sign a striker this summer, I feel like there's a, because of these big names are overweighing the rest of them. I think there will be some good value for money signings. Like, yeah, I don't, they'll, I've, they'll be quite easily be some, especially with their COVID climate once again. But, anyways, uh, I'll just, we'll just quickly touch these last two leagues. I'll very quickly just say Inter. The title seems like, or the Scudetto for them will surely be in there. Um, eight point clear with a game in hand, and Juve again can miss out on top four, which is very worrying for them as a club. Ronaldo's future, etc. But there's not really much to say for Italy, so just very quickly round that up. But um, on Spain, which is La Liga, which is really the the close one, and really another great league as well, right, this season. You've got Atletico Madrid, who lose again. Who You wouldn't have expected it however many months ago when they were 10 points clear, but you've got Barca and Real Madrid too look to be, you know, the old favourites obviously coming back um, to get right back in there. Barcelona won late on, which is a massive, massive win. I can't remember who it was against. If, uh, just well, I think it was a game they'd expect to win. I can't exactly remember who it was against. I think it was Valavoyed, Um Yeah, but, yeah, he was. Yeah, so, and then Real Madrid also closed the gap, and that's to one point behind for Barcelona and three behind for Real. And with the El Clasico coming up next week, that really could be make or break for everything. And, Atletico once again proved the point we said I think last week or a few weeks ago that they don't look a team which is gonna you know hold out for this title. Can I just? I, add, I, just, I just um, want to hear what Tay thinks. Yeah, I was gonna say we said yeah. that their one 0 win where they got pretty lucky was a cause for concern. You didn't seem to I, I buy into that. <laughs> but no, <laughs> no, honestly, the, your argument was completely fair. But have you changed your mind? Like, do you think now they're going to slip up and bottle the league, or do you think it's still theirs? I mean, one, they're still in front, like you said last yeah, time. Yeah, well, whether I whether I changed my mind or not, like I, I think like I can't argue against facts, regardless of whether my uh, I think 
pre- correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought my argument was like the sustainability and Atletico being able to draw blood from a stone in, in tight games and hold on. I thought yeah. that is sustainable, but obviously lo- losing games like that, I mean, it's again, I still think they could go on and win the league, and I don't even know if they're still the bookies' favourites, but I mean. It's so it's so tough, isn't it? Because like Barcelona coming into form, mm. I still think I don't know who their next game is. They've got uh, Betis, Ibar, and who who Escar. So I mean, they do play Barcelona in May, so that is a big one. But I would say that. Yeah, it's, I don't. I, to be honest, boys, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it just did really you know worry me from an Atletico Madrid point of view. You know, they look they've gone from being ten points clear to not looking overly convincing in recent weeks. And as I've always said, you know, what happened with Spurs as well early on the season, it's not convincing when, um, you know, it's not sustainable, sorry. Um, I, I did see something. Um, and um, I know we talk about there's not really a lot of good managers out there. And I'm not for one second um, saying that they should get rid of Simeone because I think he's one of the best coaches out there. But I saw something today that he's he's paid, I think it's like 30 million a season more than any other manager. <laughs> So I, think, I think I think he's I think he's being paid like thirty million more than Pep Guardiola per year, like and, and he doesn't at least at least Pep will give you good football and I and again, I think I'm, it's because someone like Simeone maybe could have gone to even yeah, big yeah. clubs. I know Atletico yeah. are a big club, but like it's tough to you know keep a man like that when they've yeah, always been second fiddle bar like a season or it, two. To, but if you're like, pay, if you are paying a manager. Sixty million a year or fifty million a year, whatever it is, and he does bottle a ten point lead. I mean, I don't suggest, like I said, that you can go out and get better because I don't believe you can right now. But like, I think legacy-wise, like I don't know, knocked out to Chelsea in the Champions League. So, but if they do bottle a ten point lead, even Leipzig last you year, you know, since then. Yeah, do you think it will be like? Because I, I, I have said um, on this pod that I, I feel like his time is not time up, but like. <laughs> He's done. He's done enough. Like he's he's gotten to where like he can with that squad. I think he wants um, to win the Champions League, doesn't he? He's been so close. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't want to win the Champions League? But you know, like, they came so close. Do you think they... it's possible though? Like you know, next season to go again? Not with the squad they have now. Liverpool will be better next season. Wow. City will be better next season. Barcelona, if they keep Messi, will be better. Like Bayern will be better. PSG will be better. Do you think it's a a, a question of um changing players or changing manager? Um, when it's hard, when, a bit of both. Yeah, maybe, maybe both. And again, I wouldn't go out and sack Simeone because who else can you get right now? And but it wouldn't be fair. When, to sack him, yeah, no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be justifiable whatsoever. Like they're still one point clear at first. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they are, like, hypothetically like, speaking, when you look at that team, how many world class players do you see in it? Like, um, and you can't win a Champions League without at least two world class players for me. And or black, or black. A lot of people would recognise that. Of course, of course. Suarez, yeah. would you call him nowadays? <sighs> I'd say a world class player. I'd world class. But I don't know about now. Obviously, Felix. Him, miss, Felix um, is not world class. I'm sure. I, I, I think I think Felix can could probably leave in the summer. He's on like, like Matt says. He's on that. He's death on a death row contract. It's, it's too. Yeah, he is. It's not that easy for to, for young players to leave, and that's what I think a lot more young players will start to you know really contemplate the deals they do sign, you know, see if they are suitable for the player and not just get caught in the heat of the moment of joining a big club. But just, anyways, it just goes back to the Raiola thing, doesn't it? With who's oh, going to get the most money? 
But yeah, absolutely. Again, it's this is this, this yeah. all completely hypothetical. They still do sit one point clear and they probably could still win the league. So, I mean, you know, it's just something to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, Barca look the most balanced team, as I would just quickly say. But I think we'll do a poll maybe after this pod goes out or tomorrow doing um, a poll thing who Barca, Real Madrid or Atletico, who do you guys think will win the league? And yeah, yeah I'm sure quite a few will say Barca, considering obviously one point behind and they've looked the most balanced side. But be very interesting. But uh, anyways. Are we doing predictions we'll... for tonight or not? Yeah, I'll, we'll do predictions for all Champions League stuff because next podcast will be after everything. But. Um, on to the competition, Barca are no longer in. We've got the Champions League. Um, we'll start off now with tonight's game of Man City versus Borussia Dortmund as the first game on. Uh, I'm sure you guys will go in favour of City. Uh, I'll start with you, Joe. Uh, yeah, I've gone with 3-1 City. I can, I can see City completely dominating it, but when Haaland's on the pitch, you know, that do, you know maybe yeah. Dortmund a goal and take it back yeah fair yeah. enough uh, Tay what do you think I'm probably just going to um, I'm probably just going to agree with Joe like you said so I feel I feel, I feel feel like especially when those Sancho City uh, you know they're always going to be dominant but with Haaland on the pitch it's you know it's, it's yeah. anyone's um, game and I'll, I'll say to you now Ethan yeah, I'm just going to agree. I think what Joe said spot on. I could see City winning quite comfortably, but I think Holland will score. I'm intrigued to see how Jude Bellingham plays. I'm excited to see that. He's probably his biggest night of his career so far. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think definitely. he'll be a uh, he'll be massive for them. But yeah, I'd say three one, maybe four one. Unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Demille. Yeah, I mean it's hard to disagree, isn't it? Um, I do think Holland will score as well. But I do think City will dominate and, and win, the, win the tie um, comfortably. So, yeah, I could definitely see a free one. I can't see, for me personally, I can't see any way City don't go through, um, you know, without Sancho as well. Um, sucks. But <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> throw in that. And I think if they do go out this year in this stage, they're never getting through. I know yeah. that sounds stupid, if, if they don't but... go through, Pep has got to go, like... You can win. You can win. Go. You can win all the community shields. <laughs> I don't, and I don't think he has to go. Like, no, he never has to go. You can win all the Carling Cups you want, but if you don't get past Tottenham, <laughs> Liverpool, Leon, and Dortmund, then you you've got to go. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I thought I'd just say it's all City. They had a hundred percent possession on the weekend in the last five minutes, and it just showcases how they do play under Pep. You know, very possession orientated, controlling the game. Yeah, one point last in five, minutes, five yeah. minutes, last five. Damn. Um, which is the first, I think, in the Premier League, they said. But, Wait. Yeah. Um, so, let's didn't touch the ball for five minutes. Yeah. Um, well done. <laughs> you, you've grasped that. Congrats. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> no, it is quite wild. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, um, I think City Dortmund, you expect City to go through. Uh, I'm torn between saying a 4-1 or 4-2 or just saying like a 2-0 like they did against Gladbach. Just not give them any touch on the ball. Um, so I'll say 2-1 or 3-1 City but uh, anyways go on to the one which is quite evenly poised but since Varane's out with Covid I think Ramos is out advantage Madrid yeah. Hazard's <laughs> not quite ready to play <laughs> um, but yeah anyways uh, I'll start with you this time Demil for Real Madrid Liverpool what are your predictions mate? Who, who goes through what's the score oh it's close you know um, at, uh, at the end I do think Liverpool will go through I think Ramos being out was a big blow. Now Varane's out, that's a massive blow due to COVID. Due to uh, wait, what? It's a big blow for us. Okay, troll. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Man, um I, for this for this match, 
Um, I think, yeah, I think Liverpool will win, will win both um, legs. But I, I think Benzema could potentially steal the headlines. Yeah. Um, he, he's on he's on the form of his life right now. 90th minute um, consolation goal gets the headlines. I think the game will be won in midfield. I don't know that's such a cliche thing to say, but neither of our defences are great, are they? No. Like our attack yeah. aren't on fire. And but the but the midfields, Thiago against Cruz, Casemiro against um Fabinho. you know, yeah, Modric against James Milner. <laughs> 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 oh no, Nabi Keita has to start. Oh, I need yeah, to feel blast. Him in Europe, but anyways. Um, oh, Joe. sorry. Uh, I'll go for um, go on. 2 yeah. 2 1 Liverpool. 2 1 Liverpool. Okay, cool. So I presume Liverpool overall? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Um, I've got Liverpool to win 2 0 tonight and to, to win the whole time. Right. Okay. Uh, Ethan? I'm going to say a draw on the night. And yeah, I'm going to say I, Liverpool I, I, overall. However, I think people are sleeping on Madrid. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Like when, when you've got I, that I much quality in midfield, like they probably have the best midfield in the world, even still. Like yeah. people underestimate how much quality Cruz, Modric, etc., still have. Yeah. I think somebody like Vinicius Junior or Rodrigo, this is a massive opportunity for them to step up because Benzema is going to need some help. So this is a massive yeah. opportunity for one of them to step up and make a massive name for themselves. Even without Ramos and Varane, I'm so excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be brilliant to watch. I, I think I, people not, are really sleeping on Madrid, though. But I will say Liverpool overall. I know what you're saying, but like we haven't seen, we, we haven't seen like Madrid being that great like this season. That's why. Like, yeah, but they're still right. in good, they're still in great form at the moment. They're in much better form than Liverpool. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they are. But but we've seen like the Premier's been much better than La Liga this year. So that's why. Debatable, but uh, anyways, um, Tay, what do you think? I, th- I think it'll be a draw on the night. I think one all tonight is probably fair. I think, I think we'll edge it. I think we'll edge it um, overall. But tonight, I'm not too confident. I feel like we. I, I, I completely agree with Ethan. I feel like people are sleeping on Madrid massively, as if Benzema's not like the third highest goal scorer in this tournament. Like, um, our our, our defense consists of a Schalke and a reject from Bolton. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think I, I'm not too confident about keeping Matt the clean sheet but uh, Nat, Phil, Nat Phillips played for Bolton didn't he did he really five, five, five years ago yeah that's wild <laughs> um, obviously Liverpool got away goals as well tonight but I think it'll be 2-2 on the night I think Real Madrid will be better than people think but I think Liverpool will have the tie overall and I think they'll end up going to the final as well but um, too clean yeah that's, yeah indeed um, hey do you not write Phillips um, then I, I, I rate Phillips. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do rate well. Phillips. Yeah, I feel like he'll be a good enough player for most for a lot of Premier League sides. But I feel like the Champions League a player with Benzema's caliber. I think he is, it will be smarter than him. Champions League is a Bolton reject. <laughs> <laughs> we, we signed him as an academy player, too. He's, probably, he's not a reject. He'd get into their team oh. now, wouldn't he? But I think he's good. But Benzema, he's very. He's a very clever player, isn't he, Benzema? Yeah. I, I feel like he. Uh, we do have a very inexperienced defence. Uh, obviously, 23-year-old Nat Phillips and a 21-year-old Kabak against, you know, Benzema, who can pull out all the tricks. So, um, Hopefully, Kabak lets him out of his pocket. Yeah, cue the nil-nil. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Um, but I think a draw. But anyways, uh, we're going to Bayern Munich VPSG, which will be very interesting with Lewandowski out. Um, and they don't look as nearly as good or half as good, to be honest. Uh, but PSG have got Verratti out and you could say the exact same for them. So uh, I'll start with you, Tay. What do you um, think? 
I think uh, for first leg, probably, uh, I think it'll be cagey. I think it'll be a draw, one or something, and I think PSG will nick it in the second yeah. leg. Fair enough. Um, what do you think, Joe? <clears throat> I actually did my prediction with completely forgetting about Lewandowski being out, so I did say 2-1 Bayern, but I think it's not will be a draw, and I agree with Tay. I think PSG will edge it overall. I think the loss of Lewandowski is just too big, to be honest. All right. Um, Demel, what do you think? Um, I think it's tight because Lewandowski's out. If Lewandowski was there, I think PSG... Um, Bayern Munich would would win overall, but when you have Neymar and Mbappe and those those two can can win you any game. So I feel like PSG will win this will win this tie um, overall. I don't I don't Looks know how I don't I don't know so far this. Huh? Looks a clean sweep so far this. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know um, like the, the scores or I don't know who's gonna like or what score's gonna be, but oh, I just man. feel like yeah, PSG. Who, who who's at home first? Uh, Bayern. Bayern Munich. I feel like I feel like it'll be two two. Interesting. And then and then PSG got away goals and then PSG will win. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Ethan. See, I thought my pick of PSG would be controversial, but apparently not. I think <laughs> I think if this is their tie, I think Neymar will turn up tomorrow. I'm confident about it. He has um, to, doesn't he? he has to. Yeah, ne- Neymar's going to bounce back tomorrow and score. I think I think PSG maybe it'd be a draw the first leg like Demille said, but a two-three draw would be a great result for PSG to be honest. Like, it really would. So yeah, yeah I was, I was, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll say a draw and a PSG win in the overall. I, I, I could I could see a name on base tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm a bit torn. Right, I'm not torn with who goes through. I'm torn with the score tonight. Uh, I think PSG will definitely go through. I don't think Bayern as good as they were, and even last year with how good they were, they were so leaky defensively, and they're lucky that PSG weren't effective. But I think if PSG are effective in front of goal with Mbappe and Neymar, then I think 3-1 could easily happen or even higher. Um, or, it, or it could just be a low-scoring affair. But without uh, Lewandowski, they're nowhere near as clinical and as efficient uh, in attack. So they've still got a lot of top, top players, don't get me wrong. But Lewandowski just holds everything together, I feel. Um, so I'm going to say 3-1 to PSG. Uh, but I could easily see it being like a draw as well. But I think there will be quite a few goals in it. Huge and nil nil I don't think we need to talk on the Chelsea game that much. As, as good as as underrated Porto, Porto and their coach Porto. are, but I I think I think Chelsea will go through. It's going to be a snore fest. I just it, yeah, it can, be, I, oh, I could see a I could see a I can see a 1-0 Chelsea in the first leg. Kante and Pulisic it, by the way. I could see a 0-0 or 1-1 first leg and then probably Chelsea go through second. You never know, though. You know, Porto, obviously, Juve aren't good. It won't be easy. No, Porto are a much better team than they were a few years ago in the Champions League. But I I think it's also also underestimated how a 5-2 loss after their first loss as manager, how that will, you know, how they'll bounce back from that. And that will really tell a lot about how Chelsea will be in the future under Thomas Tuchel. But yeah, anyways, uh, I think probably a draw, more or less. Uh, Joe? Um, I've gone with Chelsea to win 2-1 tonight and to win the tie overall, I think. What we were talking about earlier in the podcast, um, Chelsea lost to West Brom. I don't think it's anything too deep for Tuchel. I mean, the, like we said, the red card changed, and I think Tuchel's going to um, 
lead them through this tie and continue to do well with Chelsea. Yeah, I I'd pretty much agree with that. If you guys haven't had you say on the Chelsea one, haven't really gone in order. So if you want to go for it, but I think more or less uh, Chelsea should go through and will go through ultimately. But it wouldn't even surprise me if Porto pulled off another shock. But yeah, it will be a pretty much a snooze fest. So it's a good thing that Bayern PSG is on at the same time. But um, anyways, <laughs> uh, very quickly touch on Europa League games. You have got Ajax versus Roma. Um, that'll be a really good game. Um, Tay, what do you think? Oh, I'm not going to give a prediction, but I think um, I think Roma will go through. All right, fair enough. Um, Joe? Um, yeah, I don't really have a uh, prediction, but I fancy Roma as well, yeah. Yeah? Uh, Demel? Um, I don't know. I feel like Ajax is probably, like, I, I couldn't call it me. I, I'd say Ajax. Right, uh, Ethan? I'm going to go Ajax as well. They haven't lost in a very, very long time. I'll be looking at this one with a close eye because that's our opinion. Yeah, I will be watching it, it, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, Ajax. I'll say Ajax. Can't, can't, uh, you know, underestimate the mighty Granada with Roberto Soldado, but... No, um, no, no, of course not. I'm going to go for it. I'm never taking anything for granted. Yeah. You can't be United, though. But I I hope Roma go through because I think they'll be far harder to play for United. Um, And they can be a Ryan... Big games if they play there, you know, play a bit deeper. Whereas Ajax, I think, will play into United's hands, similar to how Sociedad did. So I'm going to say Roma go through uh, 2 1 tonight. Uh, Arsenal, Slavia, Prague, considering they're out there without their first team keeper and they've got one fit defender, I feel like it's. I feel like, I think I think I think you'll go through, but I actually think they'll cause you problems, you know, because they are I they agree. are as I know no one likes them, but they are actually good at football. Like they are a sleeper team. They've got some really good attacking options. Yeah, they are a pretty pretty frustrating thing to play, are they as Leicester found out. Um what do you think, Joe? I think Arsenal will breeze the tide, to be honest. I mean Lava. With everything going on with Slavia, I hope you do as well. No. So, yeah, Arsenal to go. I through. thought you've just got to remember, though, this is Arsenal we're talking about here. I don't think anything's ever a breeze, but I like your confidence in us. Um, but, yeah, Demille, what do you think? Saka, Lacazette, Aubameyang, party, they're all going to dunk on those, you know, races. Aubameyang people. dunking? Yes. I, I don't know about that. They are. I hope you guys, I really hope you guys win because they don't. They, their fans don't deserve it and they don't deserve it. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people have that same opinion after the horrific incident which happened. Ethan? Yeah, I agree. I, I actually hope you win this one as well completely. Like, they don't deserve to represent football at all, to be honest. I think that'll cause you problems, though. Like Tay said, they're a decent team. They're no mugs. They're mugs off the pitch, of course. But, yeah, I'd, Arsenal, probably quite tight. But, yeah, I could see you doing it. Maybe 3-1 on aggregate, something like that. Fair enough. Uh, I think we'll win 2-1 on the night. I think it'll be a tough game, but... We'll get through, but uh, Zagreb Villarreal, um, obviously Zagreb pulled an absolute shock against Spurs, and Villarreal have looked good throughout the tournament, and obviously Unai Emery, if he plays Arsenal, will be quite funny, but uh, yeah, uh, Tay? Oh, I honestly couldn't care. Yeah, neither. No, no. <laughs> 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 All right, mate, great prediction. Uh, Joe? I'm absolutely great. <laughs> All right, Demille. Win, mate. There you go. Two solid predictions. Demille, what do you think? Uh, I, I can I can see Zagreb um, actually pulling off another um, what's it called shock shock. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say Zagreb, but I would like to see Villarreal because um, of Emery versus nice. Arsenal. Solid. Okay, uh, Ethan. 
It's a tight one, isn't it? I can't really call it. I'll probably side towards Villarreal, but it's another tight one. I'll go Villarreal, just. Yeah, uh, understandable. Uh, I'm not going to lie off. I don't really care, even though we're going to play whoever it is. Um, Wait, I, need Emery, I need Emery back at the carpet, though. That's part sure. of me wants to play Emery. Part of me is like, just in case anything ever happens bad. Emery Emery never just come oh, Neil, let's, let's, let's be so get funny, away from that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Zagreb, but I don't really know, to be honest, to be. Uh, it's a semi-regardless if we get to that stage, so it'll be tough. Um, and the final Europa League game, pretty much to conclude this podcast, uh, Granada v Man United. Can't imagine there's going to be many shock <laughs> predictions here. Granada uh, 7-0. 7-0, great prediction, Joe. Uh, similar to the Arsenal, I think Man United will breeze it. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, DeMille? Yeah, I feel I feel like we're too strong for Granada. Um, I just I just hope we're I just hope we don't feel like we're too strong because when we when we when whenever we play someone that's that's lower, we've seen against Sheffield United, and, and we go in too confident, we always we always fall short. So I hope the players you know they take this seriously, um, but I, I do think if we play our, to our best, we'll we'll comfortably beat them. Fair enough, Ethan. We're not going to make it easy, are we? Like, we just won't. <laughs> but I think we'll get a job done. They won't be comfortable, I can tell you that. Um, I, I'm just going to quickly say, I, I think you're going to make it hard for yourselves. Like, it'll be an annoying game because I think they play quite deep, which isn't exactly what you like playing. But I think you'll still go through comfortably. But I thought, considering we're at the quarterfinals, we'll just say it's a very last thing. Go through everyone, ask who who you think will win Europa League. I'll start with you, Tay. Um... Even though they're going to get beat 7-0 by Granada, I'm going to go Man United. <laughs> OK, fair enough. That makes sense. Not really sure how that one works, but, uh, you know, Tay's, Tay's got it all thought out. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Um, Man United. Right, uh, Demille. Say, say, say it, Demille. Say it, Demille. Oh. Go on, don't say, say it, chat. please don't. <laughs> say what you say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll say Man United. <laughs> Right, uh, fair enough. Um, Ethan? Arsenal. Ooh, love that. <laughs> Actually, do I? No, we are not winning the final. I won't believe it till I see it. I want to say Arsenal, but if we were like David Luiz and Kieran Tierney, then yeah. I'm scared. I'm gonna, I will be scared to face Arsenal. I'm going to say Zagreb. No, I'm going to say Arsenal because I kind of have to do that. I, I, I'm not too sure. I thought I'd just also very quickly mention the horrible incident which happened on the weekend. Just remind, no room for racing. What happened with, I think it's Diakabe, yeah. how he stayed on the pitch. I think Valencia's approach to that has actually been sort of like top class as well. Brilliant. They put out a statement, I think, saying we basically don't believe anything you said. <laughs> I think it was Kala, his name, the guy who supposedly... I mean, I don't know why you'd lie about it. I don't know why you'd lead your whole team off the pitch unless you want to do some publicity stuff, in which case you're pretty sick. But, yeah, um, that was a very grim incident, obviously. That needs to be fixed more in football, less PR talk, more actual action done. And that was a real uh, chance for La Liga to make a stance against racism, but they cowardly went away from that. So there you go. Valencia, as you said, handled it really well. But I thought that was just worth mentioning very quickly. But uh, anyways, I think that just about wraps everything up. Um, as always, at Big Six Pod, if you go have anything to say on anything, on any opinions we've said, um, as I said, the interactive poll with Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico for who wins La Liga, feel free to get involved. Hopefully we'll try to be a bit more active on uh, that account 
give you some more content, as I say, like interactive stuff just to make you feel a bit more engaged. But uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to this slightly longer podcast. Uh, hopefully you also enjoyed the Q&A, which happened beforehand. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you guys are all doing well and hopefully normality resumes soon. And Yeah, take care.